and he feels that I don't love his son like my own. And, you know, I argued that for so long. And then I'm like, you know what? I love the son, but I don't love him like my own. It's not possible to. I do love him, but, you know, he's not mine. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David. What's up? You know what today is? Friday the 13th. It's scary day. It's scary every day when you wake up with me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say when you woke up with me. <laughs> well, I was getting ready to have to shoot you with the Nerf gun. <laughs> so David likes Friday the 13th. I love Friday the 13th. Why, David? Because I was born on Friday the 13th. We're not going to tell you the year. Which makes me inoculated <laughs> from the Friday the 13th craziness. Oh, really? Yes. What's funny, though, is anytime somebody posts on Facebook about Friday the 13th, your sister says, that's when I was born, too. <laughs> and she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. And so it becomes this big discussion. And finally she goes, oh, no, it, I wasn't born on a Friday the 13th. I was just born on the 13th. <laughs> well, the last time that happened, you were asking me about it, and I was, and I said, just pull up the year on the calendar thing to tell you it's not Friday. Okay, we've been married ten years, and I know we've had this discussion with her like three times. Yeah, I bet you if I go on Facebook on Friday the thirteenth and put, oh, it's Friday the thirteenth. Oh, you should do that. You should definitely do that. My husband was born on Friday thirteenth, and she'll be like, oh, I was too. <laughs> I don't know. She might not do that now that you've called her out on it three times. Well, it don't seem to stop her the last couple of times. But that's crazy. Why would you not know when you were born? Well, I, I know when I was born. I don't know the day. Uh, yeah, I know the day. Well, that's because it was Friday the 13th. Of course. It's awesome. Okay. Where's the origin of Friday the 13th come from? Like the why it's bad? Yeah. Um, If my memory serves me correctly, I think there's... Several different things that you can probably find about it. But I, the one I recall was it had something to do with Jesus being betrayed or on Friday and or crucified on Friday or something like that. And and I don't know where 13 come from. I don't know if it's 13. The last disi- or the disciples and him make 13. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. So he, him and the disciples are 13. And then the betrayal and all that that happened and the crucifixion. My understanding is he was crucified on Friday, rose on Sunday. Of course, we're getting into theology, but that's where I believe I've heard where it comes from. But I'm sure you could probably find a dozen other reasons why, too. But that turns into Freddy Krueger. <laughs> no, it was, was it Jason? Friday the 13th? Is Freddy Krueger not Jason? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is Freddy Krueger the one with the scissors? He's the one with the knife fingers, yes. No, Jason. Or was that Edward Scissorhands? Him too, yeah. But no, you're okay. <laughs> oh, Jason's the white mask person. No, that's oh. Michael Myers. Oh, gosh. That's Halloween. Okay. So anyway, y'all. <laughs> Jason's the one with the hockey mask. That's the white mask with the holes. Yes. Okay. But not the... <laughs> Michael Myers had the white mask with the hair. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, anyway, move on. Okay. 
Well, not only is today special because it's Friday the 13th, Woo-hoo. but tomorrow. Saturday the 14th. Wow. That's right. Which You're, means 11 days till Christmas. Oh, now you got me all stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly stressed. 11 days. Well, today will be 12 days till Christmas. And the 12 <gasps> Let's sing the 12 days of no, Christmas. No, 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 no. T- okay, we got to tell the story. Okay, tell the story. So. I feel like we've told this story, but go ahead. Yeah, but everybody doesn't listen to every episode. And this might have been in the academy we told it. We don't never remember where we told the story. So <laughs> we talk too much. So one year we go to uh the kids' school and mm-hmm. at the time they were in a private school. And so to get all the audience involved, they decided they were gonna do a um a sing the twelve days of Christmas. So they took everybody in sections and said, You'll be number one, you'll be number two, right? So on and so forth. Yep. And so, do you remember what number we were? No. I don't either. <laughs> so, anyway, so the section, people are sectioned off. I would say there's, what, about 30 or 40 people in each section? Yeah. <laughs> and so, it starts out, you know, one section is going on the 12th day, Chris, whatever. Or I guess it started at one, right? Started at one and goes up, something like that. Right. Anyway, so... When it got to us, Lori and I decided that we were going to outdo <laughs> everybody else in the entire auditorium. And so every time it would get to our number, you'd have to stand up. You were supposed to stand up. And we would jump to our feet and just scream, scream. at the top of our lungs, whatever the number was we had and, and, and the song to go with it. Dude, people were laughing so hard that they could not finish the song. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a picture of us on Facebook from that year. And you can see David and I, and both our hands are up because that's how much we're screaming. We're using the power of our hands. You know, we're just <laughs> all into it. You can see one of David's kids behind us just dying laughing. Yeah. And then some other man beside us laughing. And it was just so funny. It was, it was hysterical. It was hilarious. Yeah. Mm. We, we, <laughs> we had so much fun with that. Yeah, but um, people knew we were there. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet now it's boring. <laughs> yeah, so we were we were definitely the life of that party. So it reminds me of when I used to go to their volleyball and basketball games because I'd be yelling and screaming and <laughs> going on, and all the other parents looking at me like he needs to calm down. <laughs> well, yeah, because this was a Christian private school too, <laughs> so they weren't used to having redneck hoodlums up in there. <laughs> But yeah. We showed them. We sure did. <laughs> I want to think it was five golden rings. Maybe it was. That's the best one to have. Yeah, because it's long. Yep. Anyway, it was funny. I, we don't have it on video, unfortunately. But if Lori can find the picture, maybe we can put it in the show notes for today's episode. And you can go check it out. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. It'll All take right. me three hours. <laughs> so there's how many more shopping days to Christmas? Well, you can't count 11. There'll be 11. Don't tell me you can't count Christmas morning. I'll go shopping on Christmas morning. Well, you shouldn't go shopping Christmas morning. No, you go the night before. Christmas Eve night. You shouldn't even go Christmas Eve night because you're making people have to work. They don't work either way. But it's all the people. Here's what happens. Oh, Lord. Is you find out that people that you didn't know were going to get you something has got you something. And then you're like, oh, man, now I got to go buy something for them. Drives me nuts. Like, I don't want people to buy me things because I don't want to buy them something. Do you have that? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) We talked about this already, I think. Well, we'll talk about it again because it drives me nuts. (laughs) 
But I always buy extra gifts. Yeah, you do. To cover that. But I do remember one year I went with baby daddy to his family's. And it was obvious I was a last minute dig the gift out of the closet. <laughs> you could be like my mom. She she shops in January for the next Christmas. And then she typically finds <laughs> the stuff that she bought, you know, a year early. <laughs> she finds it after Christmas. She's like, oh, my gosh, I got all this stuff I forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is always hilarious. Because she'd sometimes she'd call us in February. I found a Christmas gift I forgot to give you. <laughs> Well, my mom used to do that, too. I think everybody does that. I've done it before with the kids. I'll be like, wait a minute. There's something missing. And then, I, you know, a week later, I'm like, oh, yeah, here's your Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy them a little bit too far in advance. Oh, I'll tell you something else. My mom got my son a bike one year for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And he was too little to ride it. So guess what? Santa brought him the next year. The same bike. And he was so surprised. (laughs) He was. He never remembered he had it the year before. No. That was funny. I wonder if we could do that now. Like, can we give him something he already has? I don't know. Probably. Let's just do that. He don't deserve anything. He does deserve things, but we can pick on him and try. He doesn't deserve anything. He does. He's a non-contributing He's a person. Baby. He's a non-contributing family member. I could say that you're a non-contributing family <laughs> member. Really? Yeah. How so? Did you cook supper? I ate supper. <laughs> I did so dishes. Did I did dishes this morning, like right out of the bed. I know. It's, first thing I said is, "Are you mad?" No, I was not mad. I was just. Oh, and listen, what out. he says when I said, "Are you mad?" What'd you say? I'm helping you out. Helping me out. See, see. Well, you did. You made all the mess. Helping me out. I'm helping you out. Like it's my sole responsibility. No, it was just your sole mess. I fixed you supper. You fixed everybody's supper. Look, if it was up to me, I'd eat egos every night. <laughs> Look, you, okay. you and little baby in there is the ones that I got to have the food, food. Okay. I was just trying to help you out. But anyway, I won't uh, do You that were again. not trying to help me out. It is part your responsibility, <laughs> too, to help with the house stuff. Well, what happened? Just because I'm a woman. You are a woman. Does not mean that I am the only person that should do the laundry and the dishes and the cooking and the vacuuming and the mopping. You don't (laughs) go ahead. Let's don't pretend you do all that. I do my Roomba vacuums. (laughs) Y'all, if you do not have a Roomba, this is not a commercial for a Roomba. I know this is not a commercial for a Roomba, but save up and buy (laughs) you one because that thing is awesome. You can lay on the couch and watch Grey's Anatomy, and it's vacuuming, and you feel like you're doing something. You, you're pretty used to that, because when I'm doing something, you're usually laying on the couch. Um, David's going to get shot with a Nerf gun. You, <laughs> you didn't have to buy anything. All right, let's address this. Let's, um, <laughs> let's move on before something bad happens. <laughs> David. All right, our guest today. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? What? Our guest today. I didn't say it like that. Our guest today there you go. is Stepmom Nicole. What's up, Nikki Nick? Her name is not Nikki Nick. <laughs> I'll say Nick. Nicole. Nicole. Not Nickel. We do need to say that this episode contains some adult content, so you may not want to let your children listen. Yeah. Not like X-rated adult content, just more like things you might not want to have conversations with your kids about. Well, there's a few words. 
and there's a few topics that just are not good for children. Sounds good. So listen to it later when your kiddos ain't around. Well, we know most people are listening while they're driving to work, so unless it's bring your kid to work day. Then listen to a different episode <laughs> and come back to this one next time. All right, so what about Nicole? She's been blending 11 years. Wow. Step, she's got a stepdaughter that's 18, a stepson that's 27, and a stepson that's 14 from a different bio mom. Okay. She also has a bio son that's 23, a bio son that's 11, and they had adopted a child that um, has passed away. Oh. Mm. And stepson 14's bio mom has passed away. Wow. Okay. Bio son 23 was from her first marriage. Bio son 11 was from her second marriage. And this is her third marriage. Hmm. Okay. And her and her ex get along really well. And her current husband does not like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be tough. I don't yeah. think I would enjoy it very much if you got along great with your ex. I mean, I kind of look at it. If you get along so good, you should be with them. <laughs> Now we have to say now, your ex-husband, you get along with, even though you don't have a kid by him. Right. And I don't think you talked to him. I mean, I don't know when the last time you may have talked to him. I don't either. Years. <laughs> no, but I could call him right now and talk to him and it not be a big deal. Right. But like, hey, what up? But at the same time, like I said, you don't have a kid with him and, and it's not like you have to, you're not interacting with him frequently. Right. If you were in, a, if if we were in a situation where you were inter- interacting with him several times a year, I would probably be a little more. Mm, no, we're not going to do that. Well, what if Jackson's dad and I got along really well? <laughs> That's funny to even think about. <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you wouldn't. <laughs> you okay. have happy times in the parking lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hate that you couldn't be here to reminisce about your cop days with her because she is a retired cop and her husband is a cop. Cool. Yeah, we could talk about all those things that you don't know about. Now, here is another kicker. You ready? Mm-hmm. She's a stepkid and was also adopted. Okay. So she was adopted. Her parents split up, and she became a stepkid. Huh, wow. Oh, she's had it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her mother has Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay. Or one or the other. I think you Because we made... discussed what the difference was. Yeah, because you probably have one of those, too. <laughs> so she's gone through a lot um, throughout her years, and the bio mom dying from a drug overdose was, of course, um, not happy times. Mm-mm. So you might want to listen to what she got to say. Yeah, sounds like she's overcome a lot. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty tough cookie. All right, so let's get to listening after a word from our sponsor. You can't take my let's get to listening. Just did it. No. Let's get Take to listening. Take it back. Get to listening. Take it back, David. I'm not. Get to listening. Where's a little nerfy? Get to listening. Don't make me get a little nerfy out. Get to listening. Oh, little nerfy's coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming out. Y'all ready? Little nerfy. Oh. Man, that thing's got a punch. So David can't talk anymore right now because I shot him in the eye. It's like the Christmas story. Be careful. You'll shoot your eye out. What was that kid's name? Ralphie. Yeah. With the Red Rider BB gun. Quit crying, David. Gosh, it was a Nerf bullet. All right, so y'all get to listening. David, tell him bye. No. David, (laughs) I've got three more bullets. Okay, bye. 
There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today we have stepmom Nicole. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hi, Lori. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So, how long have you been blending? We have been blending going on 11 years. Woohoo! Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's a challenge, as you know, but yeah, thank you. Hey, we always say every day you survive the blend is a day to celebrate. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, how many stepkids do you have? I have got three stepkids, um, one stepdaughter. She just turned 18. A stepson who is 27, and they're from my husband's first marriage, and from another a separate relationship, he has a seven, I'm sorry, a 14-year-old son who lives with us full-time. Okay. And then do you have kids of your own? I do, yes. I have a 23-year-old. He just turned 23. He just moved back in with us after a, uh, enlistment in the Army. Um, going to college, and I have an 11-year-old son who's also with us. And we don't currently have any children together. We did have one adopted child. She passed away from, she was special needs. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So you've got quite an age gap here with the kids. (laughs) We were on the spectrum, that's for sure. Definitely. All right, so when you came into the blend, you had a bio son that was 12? Oh, my gosh. He was 11 when my husband and I started dating and 12, 13 when we got married. And then you had a newborn. Yes. Well, Jake was almost one. Okay. Um, So he's been with my husband right from, you know, almost from the beginning. Okay, now what about the um, bio parents? Do your stepkids go visit the, their mom any? or uh, The two from his first marriage um, actually don't come visit us very frequently. Um, the stepson, obviously, is 27. He's out on his own. He actually lives right around the corner from us. They just, he and his girlfriend just bought a house. His stepdaughter is 18. She doesn't come around very often. Um, She lives with her mom just on the other side of our small town. Um, And then the 14-year-old, his mom passed away, so he doesn't have the opportunity to visit with her anymore. Okay, so Bio Mom passed away. Yes. How long ago did Bio Mom pass away? Um, She passed away, I think it's going to be four years this, January. It was right after Christmas. So it'll be four years. So you had seven years in the blend with Bio Mom in the picture, and then she passed away. Yes. Okay. And then what about your bio kids? Do they? Um, my bio kids. Mm-hmm, do they the, go see their dad? Um, they. My oldest is from my first marriage. My youngest is from my second. Um, my husband's my third marriage. Um. My oldest doesn't see his dad very frequently. He was in the army. Um, So really for my oldest, it's just been he and I. 
um, until we got together with my second husband. Um, they they communicate on the phone, um, and then my youngest, the eleven year old, goes with his dad every weekend. Every weekend. Yep. Uh, let me ask you about that because I see that sometimes. It's not the norm. It's usually every other weekend. But how do you feel not having your bio son any weekends? It's getting hard now that um, it used to be fine because I was, I'm was a retired police officer and I worked the night shift. So him being with his dad on the weekends, I mean, back then, you know, before he started school, it was, you know, a few days during the week and that, I mean, we split him 50-50. But then when he started school, dad started taking him on the weekends. Now that I'm off on the weekends, it's getting a little tougher, but he and I have, I mean, it's not even an agreement. It's just, if I want to go do something with him, I just tell him I'm going to go do something with him. And he's the same if he wants to pick him up to go mow lawns on a Tuesday, he just comes and gets him. Okay. So y'all are pretty flexible. Very. Yes. Yep. Very cooperative. Um, yeah. He's just, I don't know, the kid's a lucky little kid. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. It's rare that the um, bio parents can actually get along. It is. And honestly, you say that, and I think that is something that my husband really resents um, because he doesn't get along with his ex-wife. Um, he pays an, you know, a high amount of child support. I don't get child support for Jake. He's my 11-year-old. Um, I just, I mean, if I need money for something, I get it. I ask him for it and I get it. If he needs money for something, you know, we split everything 50-50. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is something that my husband resents a lot. Do you think it's resentment or jealousy? Oh, you know, probably more jealousy. I think that he would, I think his life with his kids would be better if he and his ex-wife had a more cooperative relationship. Mm-hmm. So probably jealousy. Now, does he have issues with you talking to your ex? Does he get mad when you talk to him? Or um, no, okay. no, not at all. Good. They actually work together, and they're not friends. I wouldn't say, but I mean, they get along very well at work. We are always at sporting events together. You know, they sit and talk, but so they're you know they get along pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's at my husband drops my son off to him sometimes, and you know my husband's there always when when. My son's dad drops him off. So they get along very well. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So tell us a little bit about, I know it's hard to think back, in the beginning years, 11 years ago, when you started blending, did you come in and you were just going to be super stepmom and you were going to raise the kids and get the stepmom award of the year. And (laughs) you know it for sure. How'd that work out for you? When he and I first got together, Madison was little. I mean, his, his daughter was little, little. Um, and she and I got along great. She would come over a couple, you know, a couple of times a month, she'd come over and, that was my time to do girl stuff because I don't have any girls with me and my dog. So, you know, we'd get to play hair and makeup and nails and things like that. As she got older, it was, she disliked me more and more. Um, I think that she, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't want to put words in her brain, but 
it got to be pretty difficult and I felt very hurt. I'm like, I felt like I was failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, I think initially it was expected of me that I was going to be the second mom right. and take her here and do this. And, you know, just cause I jumped into it and was so excited about it. And then, you know, she's, mad at me for what I thought was no reason and me with the other kids for what I thought was no reason. And I felt like I was a failure and my husband felt like I was failing. And I didn't know about Nacho way back then. I honestly wish I had. I wish that I had gotten into it to be their friend and not an extra mom. Right. And a lot of people will say, that's not right. You're a parental figure. You shouldn't be their friend. No, no, no. You've got to build a bond with them first. Right. And I don't think, I don't think that anybody should have to use the term parental figure, an adult or an authority figure. Fine. Mm -hmm. But like if my son has friends over, I'm not a parental figure. I am an adult and an authority figure. And, you know, my friend, my son's friends, you know, know that they have to have respect for the adults as my son knows and you know don't I don't expect my son's friends moms to love them the same way that they love their own kids it's just not even possible right exactly so how did things change throughout the years when bio mom passed away um well and that's the thing but his youngest um is 14 now mm-hmm. he he didn't he wasn't allowed to have much visitation with him. It was very animosity or a lot of animosity with um, that mom. She blamed him for ruining her life when he left. And um, she was, I, I call her a midlife crisis because she's, I don't even know, 15 years younger or so. And she did the whole, I can't get pregnant. So he tried to make it work. He stayed with her for about a year and found out she was pregnant. And he's like, I, I gotta go. I don't, I don't want to do this. So I never really saw his youngest for maybe more than two or three times. And then in the careers that we were in, I was, like I said, I was a police officer. Um, I got a call from child protective services. No, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I got a call from one of the drug task force officers that I should get his son away from the biological mom because she was known to be using heroin and pills and things like that. So I started trying to get, and there I go, I'm trying to be the super mom. Mm -hmm. I tried to call in CPS and things like that. Well, they're not going to listen to me. I'm not really anybody. So probably... Three months after that phone call, I actually got a phone call from the head of the CPS, who I happened to know. I was friends with her. And she told me that they were going to be raiding the mom's house and that I needed to make sure the child didn't go home on the school bus. So super mom jumped into action, left work, went to the school to pick him up, and I've had him ever since. She didn't exercise the um, visitation that she was granted by the court more than maybe five or six times in our house with supervision and a couple of times she was under the influence. So super mom jumped in and I said, nope, we're putting a kibosh to this. And back then my husband let me be the parents. Um, he just took a step back 
and I did the custody, I did the hiring of the lawyers, I went to court, and I won custody of him for him. Wow. Um, yeah, and once once we had him legally full-time, she gave up her parental rights. Super mom, I, I felt terrible for her. You know, it breaks my heart. So I went behind my husband's back and asked her if she wanted to come and visit. I would meet her at a playground because no mom should go you know, more than a year without seeing her child. So I did, and I let them have a visit at the playground. And, oh, I don't even know, probably eight months after that, she had a drug overdose of her last one. She passed away. So it's been up and down, and I know that my stepson knows, you know, I'm the one that took him to visits, and I'm the one that helps him write letters to mom. But I think that he resents me because I'm not his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have, for most of his life, been trying to be his mom. And I shouldn't have been. But no, he, and he's never said the dreaded, you're not my mom. Right. Shockingly, but. Well, he's, he, only, he's only 13, right? So we'll give him, or 14, he's only, we'll give him a little 14. bit of slack. <laughs> yeah, he'll give some time. But now, I mean, he, you know, I tried to still parent, you know, let dad do more of the parenting because dad wants him to have more freedom than I want him to have. Um, I, I feel like I see the road that he's headed down. And I think that dad is blinded by so much guilt for, for his son's early years and mm-hmm. lets him live very freely. Um, and I've just, you know, I've beaten myself up. I fought and, you know, things got really bad between my husband and I, and it's all over his son. And he feels that I don't love his son like my own. And, you know, I argued that for so long. And then I'm like, you know what? I love the son, but I don't love him like my own. It's not possible to. Right. I do love him, but, you know, he's not mine. Mm-hmm. And he is his dad's. I have to let him be the actual parent. Right. And even though his mom is no longer here, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a mom. Correct. Yep. And, and go ahead. He, so my, he, he, my stepson sees a counselor and she has, she's so good for him. Um, sadly, my husband doesn't think that he needs her. Um, sometimes I do have to get a little pushy about that. But um, she has him write a letter to his mom at least once a week, even if it's an angry letter, you know, cursing at her, you know, be a 14-year-old boy, how you would to your mom. Say everything that would be on your mind, but write it to your mom. And he does. So I think that's very good for him. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I can see where it's beneficial, though. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, she, at count, it's nice because my stepson wants me to go to counseling with him because he knows I believe in it. Um, so he'll he'll ask me sometimes to be the one to go with him and actually go in with him. Um, and, you know, she'll, she'll ask him. She's very blunt about it. And I think that's important for kids of parents who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. You got to be forthright. And she said, you know, does it, excuse my language, piss you off that your mom died of a drug overdose? And, you know, that was the first time anybody was, and, and I mean, even myself, it was the first time anybody was that 
blunt with him about what his mom did. Mm -hmm. And it was great for him. You know, he, when, when I found out he died or she died, I was actually at work, um, in a furniture store, my husband came in, which was weird for nine o'clock in the morning when the store's not open. And he told me, and I cried. I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I left work, went home. My husband didn't cry. I said, we have to tell him. And so we sat him down. He didn't shed a tear. He didn't cry that whole time until last year when I got him into a, with a counselor. That was the first time he cried for his mom. <sighs> Wow. Well, I would think yeah. that bio dad should be able to see that stepson does need that counselor because she was able to get him to start grieving her death. Yes. And that's, you know, we don't even know if or where she has a grave. She was from a family that was very um, poor. And I don't know if she has a grave anywhere, but I've told him when you're ready to go find it, we will find it. And he hasn't asked. And I know that he talks to his counselor about it, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a kid that's got a lot on his plate. And honestly, now that I'm Nacho, mm -hmm. he's, he's nicer to everybody in the house now that he doesn't have to answer to me. Isn't that funny? It is so, I mean, it was eye opening. It's, I'm calmer. He's calmer. You know, it's better for my son. It's better for both of my sons. Honestly, my husband's the only one that's resistant to it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because now there's not the, she'll take you to school, she'll take you to do this, she'll get that. Mm -hmm. Now that the responsibility is wholly on him, mm -hmm. I think that's the problem. But man, my stepson loves it. <laughs> yeah, most men don't like it when um, they have to step up a little more than they were used to. Right. And of course, you know, not showing doesn't mean just telling your husband, no, I'm not helping you anymore. Because it's still helping your husband if... He couldn't take him to school or pick him up one day and ask you to do it, then I'm sure you right. would. Yep. Like he would make other arrangements if he needed help. Oh, of course. And that's, you know, if if he needs if he calls me and asks me to go do something like Friday he's got a football game, I'll go to his football game. Absolutely. I'll take pictures. Of course I will. It's the parenting part. It's the you got caught sneaking out of a house, you're grounded for two weeks. You got caught doing something on your iPad that you shouldn't, you're grounded for two weeks. I just don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic. So you don't even enforce the discipline? No. Nope. So what do you do if bio dad has told stepson you can't play on the iPad or your phone or whatever electronics and you see him sneak into it? Do you tell? Um, do you mind your own business? Do you wait and see if dad notices? What do you do? I would probably, honestly, I would wait it out. Um, depending on why he had it taken away. If he got, I mean, if he got a bad grade on an English paper and dad told him not to be on the iPad, no, I don't, I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. That's my husband. Would be, he would say, well, Jake was on it or whatever. If it were for inappropriate content or sending messages that he shouldn't be, then I would say, I just want to let you know, you know, he was on his iPad when I came home. That's it. So that's it. We had an incident, um, I don't know, almost a year ago. It'll be a year in the spring. Um, he had kind of fabricated a story to me and his counselor to get a little bit of sympathy and kind of take the spotlight off himself with her. Mm -hmm. 
And the following day, you know, I was talking to my husband about the counseling session and he well, it was all about a kid that he said was bullying him. And my husband said, there's no problem with that kid. They're friends. I'm like, no, he said that he's scared of him. He goes, scared of him? He's not scared of him. And so my husband was leaving for work. And so I said, will you just call Kyle to come down and talk to me? So he came down. I said, I... I think you lied to Amy and I to get yourself off the hook. And he goes, what? I said, I think you made it up to get yourself off the hook. I think that you made that up about that kid. And he goes, I don't give a shit what you think. I said, that's fantastic. And he was heading out for a dance. A friend of ours was picking him and uh, taking the kids to a dance. I said, you can go outside, get out of my house. You can wait for her outside. And he didn't. He went upstairs and destroyed his bedroom, slamming his feet through the walls. I have a four-foot hole in the wall of my house. And I called his dad. I said, listen, he's upstairs. He is pounding on something. I don't know what what it is. And he asked me to go upstairs to deal with it. I said, I absolutely will not. I'm not dealing with that. That's, Mm -mm. That's stepping on a nacho because if I open that door, and I see what he's doing, then I'm going to do to him what I would do to my biological son. I would kick his butt. <laughs> so, and my husband does not like, I mean, with, with my kids, he's fine with how I parent my kids, but not when it comes to his. So I said, I'll go up there if I hear glass break. Other than that, that's, that's on, you know, you can deal with that. And that was the first time that I really stood up and stood my ground. Mm-hmm. And from then on, we have been 100% nacho. So how long ago did you start nachoing? Full nacho? Mm-hmm. About, well, it'll be a year. In the spring, it'll be one year. Now, let, let's think back to when you first started nachoing. Did you see immediate changes with the dynamics in the blend? or Yes, immediate. Yeah. And I, I was one that I told him and his son what I was doing, that... I am taking a step. I didn't call it nacho because that, you know, he's going to think that I'm making light of it. I (laughs) said, I'm stepping back. I'm going to let you parent and I'll just be on the sidelines. And there was a lot of resistance to that. Um, He felt that it was a punishment and I was singling his son out. And I said, I'm absolutely not. It has nothing to do with that. You and I parent differently. And it's better for all of us. I just take a step back. Mm-hmm. And for him, he, he still doesn't like it. Um, there are some instances when he will pipe up and say that he's not going to do for my son because I don't do for his. And, you know, I, I try to explain to him, there are not problems with mine and you like there are for me and yours. Right. Um. And I, it's just, you know, it's just upsetting. And I, I, would, I think that I would probably feel the same. I would probably feel like my kid was being rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would hurt, but, you know, it is what it is. If he does end up notching, which he doesn't really, um, you know, I have to accept it. He's not his. Well, here's the thing, though. When you started notching, were you still involved with stepkids? You know, because a lot of people think, that when you start nachoing, when the stepkid comes in, you don't even say anything to them. You don't 
cook for them. You don't help them with homework. You don't do anything. I didn't for a long time. There was a, a probably I say a long time, a few weeks that I didn't at all. No engagement. Um, no engagement because uh-huh. I was so upset for being sworn at and have, I mean, this is literally, this is our dream house and having that physically damaged. I was very upset by that. And I knew that I would, I would do and say things that I would regret. Right. And, you know, I felt, I felt due an apology and, you know, I've, I've tried to explain you know, a child needs to be taught when it's appropriate to apologize. They don't come out of the womb knowing when an apology is appropriate. Mm-hmm. He's not, he has not been taught that. So he didn't know that he needed to come and talk to me. So since then, we have talked and, you know, it's getting better every day, I think. Um, for him and I, it's better. For him and my son, it's better. So... So you've re-engaged in certain areas, but not in parental yep. roles. No, nope. And see, that's what I did. Um, I was probably um, completely disengaged for a lot longer than you because there was a lot of hurt and a lot of resentment between all of us. And mm-hmm. I wasn't rude to them. I just did not engage. And there's a difference right. between being rude to somebody and just not engaging so if the kids came in and they didn't say anything to me, I didn't say anything to them. Because if I said right. something to them, if I said, hey, you know, we missed you or, hey, how are you or anything, if they didn't respond to me, it made me mad. Yeah. And I was in the same boat with that. Yeah. And by me not saying anything, I didn't set myself up or set us up for negative interaction. Right. And that, that was happening to me. I would cook dinner you know, one, one specific time on Sundays I always make a big dinner and you know I had gone to the store and got a prime rib and mashed potatoes and um, things that are my husband's favorite things that are his son's favorite and I mean cooked all day and while dad was at work and his son went upstairs and said thanks dad and I lost it Mm-hmm. But not at him, at my husband. Thankfully, as, as much as I wanted to lose it on him, I kept it to my husband and said, I'm not going to cook for him anymore if he is going to thank you every time I make something. What did dad say? He actually responded positively to that and had a word with him. And now he thanks me when I cook dinner. One of uh, David's kids, he likes to pick. That's the relationship that he and I have. We, it's the picking relationship. and. Mm-hmm. He came home from the Air Force, um, or before he went, moved from boot camp to where, whatever they do, you know. And he wanted some Jiffy cornbread. I don't know if you know what Jiffy mm-hmm. cornbread is, but it's like a sweet cornbread. Oh, and yes, he, I do. Oh, yeah. He loves it in milk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he said, Daddy, tell Lori to make me some Jiffy cornbread. Well, his daddy is quite capable of making Jiffy cornbread, but he <laughs> wanted me to make it. And he said, uh-huh. can, can you ask her to make it um, early in the morning so when I get home, it'll be cooled off enough to put in milk? And um, so David asked me, he said, you know, he wants you to fix him some Jiffy cornbread. I said, he can want. And I started laughing and I said, I'll fix him some. And yep. so, so when he came home, he makes his little thing of cornbread. And, you know, first thing he does, thanks, Dad. <laughs> That's what he does every time. Uh-huh. I mean, yep. if he, he could say, Lori, can you grab me whatever at the store? And if I grab it, he'll go, thanks, Dad, to his dad. Yep. And I'm like, your daddy didn't know nothing about it. But yep. that's that's his way of picking. Yeah. Yeah, because you know I quit cooking for the stepkids. 
Yeah, I did well. Oh, yeah. Girl, I, w- I wasn't going to fix them toast. No. You're going to sit there and complain about me cooking when I don't like to cook in the first place? You are mm-hmm. on your own. You can eat cereal. Yep. You can eat bread, cheese, whatever. So <laughs> so the weeks that we had them, David cooked. And the weeks we oh, didn't really? have them, we went out to eat for the most part. <laughs> nice. Since he and I have been together, we've just had this unspoken agreement that we naturally fell into. I do the cooking and he does all the cleanup. I kind of so, like that. Me too. He literally, he does all the laundry. He was doing the laundry for the kids and I had to force that to a stop because I need mine to learn how to do their own laundry. So, mm-hmm. you know, that felt even the stepson, even his own son, he's his laundry. So I was proud of him for that. But, you know, I, I do all the cooking, he does all the cleaning. But, you know, there were, there is a week that I'm like, I'm not making him anything to eat. He is so ungrateful. But that's the thing. I don't think he's, I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he really is grateful. Mm-hmm. I think he just wants to see how much he can tick me off. Pushing those buttons. Yep. Mm-hmm. And people will say, how dare you not feed your stepkid? Oh, my gosh. Give me a break. <laughs> he's 14 years old. He can fix he cereal. He knows how to make himself some food. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just amazes me how people take the nacho thing and they turn it to extremes like it's abuse. Oh, yeah. You knew what you were doing. You knew he had kids. You knew. You knew. You can't do this. Well, then you come live at my house and you come deal with them. Well, what I tell people is if your crystal ball is that good, then you should be somewhere buying lottery tickets and not telling me that right. I knew what I was getting into. Exactly. Even if you know going into it that bio mom is a monster and bio dad is a pushover, you can't see the future of what a child is going to be like. You know, his his daughter, who's now 18, when she was, I don't know, 14 or 15, I had her babysit the kids. You know, she's a teenager. Come on over. I'm only working a couple blocks away. Come babysit. Well, my son was supposed to go with his grandmother to watch a movie. So I headed home to get him ready, and I walk in the house, and she's in a coma on the couch, and my son wasn't there. And I said, uh, can you get up? Where is Jake? What do you mean? Where's Jake? I don't know. What? So we lived in an apartment complex at the time. And, you know, there were a couple of ponds. There was a couple of playgrounds. But there was also a super Walmart right, you know, a tenth of a mile away and a, a Sam's Club. So who knows where he went or who stole him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go out and I'm in a, you know, I'm in a dress and high heels walking up and down the streets trying to find him. She's still in a coma. I call my husband, who's in a patrol car. I said, you better turn on the lights and sirens and get your butt home. I can't find Jake. And so once we finally found him, I went inside and had a stern talking to to my stepdaughter. And, of course, my husband told me to leave her alone. It wasn't her fault. And then I got an earful from her mother. Who the hell do you think you are to talk to my daughter? I said, you know what? You're right. I am not her parent, and I should never have asked her to babysit. So mm-hmm. there went that $50 a week right back into my pocket. Yep. Her loss. Her loss. You got it. And mm-hmm. that's, you can't envision, you know, she was the sweetest, most fun little kid when she was a little kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, she turns 14, 15 years old. She's a petulant teenager who hates me, hates her father, hates her mother, hates everything, wants the money, doesn't want to babysit. You can't see the future. No, you can't. 
And even with us, yeah, I knew David had four kids, and I kind of bonded with two of them right off the bat. The other two were kind of standoffish. And, you know, we prepared for this blend as much as we could. We did research and read things and talked to people. And But the reality of it is when you're in it and all of a sudden you realize that you've got four kids upstairs plotting how to get you kicked out of the house, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, you little heathens, you know? This wasn't in the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so you did research. Yeah, we did. I, I had I had rose-colored glasses on. I just thought it was going to be sunshine and roses and all our kids would get to play. Oh, no. And no. No, it was, it, it, I mean, like I said, it's better now. His, his oldest, you know, we had our moments where, and, and I don't even think it was parenting, but he, we were at one of his baseball tournaments and he spoke to his father in a way that my father would have killed me if I had spoken to him like that. And so I turned around and I said, if I never hear you speak to your father like that again, I'm going to take the teeth out of your mouth. And he didn't have anything to do with me after that for, you know, years. And now he, you know, he knows the code to my garage. He comes in, gets his stuff. He comes, hangs out. You know, we have a great relationship now, but Mm -hmm. boy, we didn't. And, you know, same with his sister. We, you know, right now she's 18. She still hates me. She still hates her father. She's resentful because daddy left and, you know, got a new kid. She'll get over it. And I think that everything will be fine later, but it's not fun now. Yeah, it's definitely not fun now, that's for sure. No, it's, and I, you know, like you said, I try to, I try, I'm so thankful that I found this because, you know, there were days I was ready to just leave. Yeah, and there still are days that I'm just ready to go. Don't you but, dare. You know, <laughs> oh, well, I know, and that's the thing. It's We're in our dream house. I can fix a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. I can, I can ignore the fact that he thanked his father and not me. You know, I just have to remember that these are kids and they are hurt by things that they didn't do. And it's so hard to realize that or to think about these kids that they are hurt because, number one, we're hurting too. We feel like Mm -hmm. that we're being ganged up on by the kids and the in-laws and everybody else. So it's hard to have sympathy or empathy towards kids because they are kids when they seem like they're just doing everything they can to make your life miserable. Right. And I mean, they are kids and they are mm-hmm. intentionally hurtful. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they do it on purpose, but it's because they're little kids. You know, most adults don't do things like that. You know, they aren't, they are hurtful, but not usually intentionally. But right. yeah, it's, You know, like right now, I don't, we just pulled into the house. I have no idea what kind of an attitude I'm going to walk into, but, you know, we're in our dream house. We've got, you know, wonderful kids that are really good kids. So so like I said, sometimes I do think I should leave, but it's, you know, in the end, it's going to be worth it. Well, I'm telling you, I am so thankful that David and I uh, refused to give up. You know, we were right on the brink of divorce and... That's when Nacho kind of came about, and once I decided to Nacho, then it was, okay, we're not even entertaining the idea of splitting up. This is going to work yeah. one way or another, and we're going to yeah. find a way. And it made David and I stronger. My relationship with the stepkids, I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's better than I thought it would ever be now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my son and David's kids, they actually still communicate, and his kids moved out a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it makes my heart happy. I'm not going to lie. 
yeah. they'll say, yeah, I talked to Jackson the other day. I'm like, really? Because Jackson Aww. doesn't tell me he talks to him. They're like, yeah, he told me, da 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 And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> See, and that's great. I'm a stepchild. And, you know, I got my stepdad when I was four. And, you know, from the beginning, I've always called him dad. That is my dad. Um, his kids were, you know, the youngest one was 10 years older than me and lived in a different city. So we were never close. I haven't heard from them once since they, since he passed away. It's, you know, and I would like to, because we did have that thing in common. You know, our dad was the thing in common, but they never got over the resentment. And that's sad. So where was your dad? My biological biological dad. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so complicated. So I'm adopted, and okay. then my adoptive parents um, separated, divorced, and then my mom married my stepdad. So okay. my adoptive dad, um, I used to have to go visit him every uh, every Sunday. I used to have to go on Sundays. Hated it. And then let's see, I was 13, and just stopped going. I don't. Honestly, I don't even remember why. Because you didn't want to go. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So you were adopted, and then your adoptive parents split up, and you obtained yeah. a stepdad. Yeah. That became Wonderful your dad, basically. Stepdad. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. He is the epitome of what a stepdad should be. Do you have any contact with your bio dad? He passed away as well. Oh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Bio dad or adoptive? Adoptive dad. No, yeah, he passed away. I... Um, well, see, that's a, I mean, this could be for, for podcasts. My <laughs> adoptive mother, we didn't know it when she had what I believe now was early on Alzheimer's and dementia. And she was telling us right from the beginning that my, um, adoptive father was abusive and physically and sexually abusive and I have found out since then that none of that was ever true. So I would say probably when I was 16, I decided that I didn't want a relationship with anybody that was a rapist. So I caught him out of my life. And then I found out when I was about 35 that none of that was true. So I did reach back out to him and he was already in the hospital at that point, but I did get to visit with him a few times and meet his new wife and stuff like that. So, you know, quick reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, he, he forgave me for it. I'm like, I, I feel like I, I don't feel like I, you know, I wasn't looking for forgiveness, but I feel like I should be telling you that. But yeah, it was just weird. That's really good that um you reached back out to him and that he did forgive you for f- thinking those things. But how did you confirm that they weren't true? I'm just curious. Um, I spoke to, okay. So the reason I ever heard that story is I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. The first time I overheard her telling one of my aunts this, what I think now was an outlandish story. Mm -hmm. Um, And since then, I have spoken to that, you know, when I was, like I said, about 35 or so, I started to question all these stories and spoke to his. So when I went to visit, I had a stepmom who was a wicked stepmother. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually reached out to her. And asked her about it. She said, that could not be farther from the truth. She goes, I knew your mom was telling stories, but I never knew that they were like that. So I had a nice long conversation with her. And my dad was like a serial marrier. So I reached out to his third wife. 
And she said, um, your father is the kindest, most gentle person I've ever met. No, I don't believe any of those stories are true. So I spoke to my aunt and she said, you know, your mother's crazy, right? I said, what do you mean? She goes, your mom has been making up stories since she was a teenager. So I reached out to another aunt and she said, oh yeah, your mom tried crying rape when she was like 15 years old because grandpa caught her in bed with a boy. So apparently that was a history for my mother. So I confronted my dad about it. The first time I reached out to him, I asked him straight up and I mean, he broke down crying. He goes, I never knew why you didn't want anything to do with me. He goes, but I don't blame you. I wouldn't want anything to do with me if you thought I hurt your mom either. Wow. Yeah. So it's so sad, though, because you didn't have a life with him because of that. Yeah. And then you found this out after your mom had passed. Right. Oh, no, she's still alive. Oh, she's still alive. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So does she know that you reached back out to him? Oh, yeah. And was she okay with it? Well, okay. So <laughs> going back to the initial conversation that you and I had about um, the, the baby that my husband and I adopted, she was part of all of that. And she's, she has since, during and since, been covering up for the people that were abusing her. Oh. They live with her and okay. she finances their lifestyle. So we don't have anything to do with her. But yeah, she knows that we, my brother and I have both reached out to him and reconciled our relationship before he passed away. That's really good. Yeah. So has your mom been diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's? Um, she has been diagnosed with dementia, not Alzheimer's. I honestly don't know the difference, but. I don't either. I think one is an actual psychological. I think dementia is psychological or something like that. And Alzheimer's is physiological. Okay. Uh, or maybe I have that backwards. Maybe it's vice versa. Well, I will research it before I do the show notes and put them in there what the difference is. <laughs> and it's funny because looking back, um, I see my our, her mother um, had early onset Alzheimer's. Looking back on my, you know, teen years and 20s, I see what I didn't see then. You know, the forgetfulness that we just laughed about and the just, I mean, really just the forgetfulness. And, you know, I would walk in the house and she would call me my stepsister's name. I'm like, what? Nope. This is Mickey, not Andrea. Um, Lose everything. Lose our keys, lose our purse, lose our car. And I just didn't know it then. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually just looked it up and let's see real fast. It says... Dementia and Alzheimer's diseases are not the same. Dementia is an overall term used to describe symptoms that impact memory, performance of daily activities, and communication abilities. Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease is the most common type of dementia. Alzheimer's disease gets worse with time and affects memory, language, and thought. So Alzheimer's is a type of dementia. Is a type of dementia. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. But dementia is, yeah. not, is a syndrome, not a disease. Okay, yeah. That, and that makes sense. Yeah. It's a symptom of the disease. Well, it says it's a syndrome, not a disease. Oh, a syndrome. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, I just confused myself more, I think. <laughs> and this is why I was a cop and not a scientist. Yes, exactly. Because I'm sitting here going, well, how can a disease come from a syndrome? You would think that a syndrome would come from a disease. Okay, I've got to do right. research on this to understand it better. <laughs> but either way, it's sad. I know um, my mom, 
I don't think she was ever diagnosed with early onset dementia, but um, she thought she had it. Oh. At, because she would forget things all the time, but she was also aware that she was forgetting. Yeah. See, now, how does that work? I don't know. Couldn't tell and you. And I'm the same way. I mean, I forget things all the time, but I know I'm forgetting them. Yeah, me too. But I think that's because the world is so um, fast nowadays. You know, if somebody texts you, they want yeah. a response in 30 seconds. You've got the internet. We've got all this <laughs> stuff that we're feeding into our brains. Facebook. You know, even signs on the road, what do you see, like 20,000 signs a day or something oh, yeah. crazy? Yep. And so you have all this input. Pretty overload. Yes, exactly. And a lot of times I'll ask my son, I'll say, do you have homework? And he'll answer me. And then three seconds later, I'll say, I don't remember. Did you say you had homework or not? I do that to my son all the time. I come home and I ask him how his day was. And I ask him five minutes later and he says, mom, you just asked me that. <laughs> well, and it's, I wonder if it's we don't hear them. Are we not listening, or did we really forget? It's probably that we're wondering, what are we going to cook for dinner? When am I going to do the laundry? That's what I'm thinking. A million other things. Mm -hmm. I always said having a baby sucked all my brain cells out of my head because <laughs> all of a sudden your memory or what you're trying to remember is not your normal stuff. It's, okay, swim day at daycares on Thursday. Yes. Yep. So you, you've been a stepchild. Well, you were adopted, too. Yes. All right. I know this is completely off the step-parent subject, but did you ever have any desire to find your bio-parents? Strangely, no. Um, there was, I don't know if it was a nacho or if it was in a women's group that I'm a part of on Facebook. Somebody said, tell us something that nobody knows about you. And mine was that I'm the only adopted person that I know that doesn't want to meet their bio-parents. And I'm not sure why I don't want to. I just never have had interest in it. Yeah. And my, my brother was adopted from a different family, and apparently I was a little eavesdropper when I was a kid because I overheard my mom telling my, my aunt, another aunt, um, who his biological family was, the last name. So I don't know why I remembered that, and when I became a police officer, I happened upon an underage drinking party in a little village where we lived, and I was, you know, coming around a corner of a garage, and I was faced with a shorter version of my brother. I mean, <gasps> spitting image. And I said, I'm going to assume you're so-and-so. He goes, how did you know that? I go, lucky guess. Literally looked just like my brother. It was my brother's biological nephew. Wow. It was so weird. And that's the thing. My brother always wanted to know his biological family, but they were a very, I would say, bad family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, drugs, alcohol, in and out of jail, in and out of prison for all of them, mom, dad, siblings, everybody. Um, but sadly, he was child number 12. She gave him up for adoption and then had child 13 and 14 and kept them. So I don't know why she gave him up, but my adoptive mother didn't ever want him to know who that biological family was because we'd see their name in the newspaper all the time. So she knew who they were and didn't want to let him know. But he found out, right? No. No. You didn't tell him? I was going to tell him that. No. Good job. No, I'm a deputy. I was a deputy at the time. I'm like, there is no way I want my brother associating with these people. He's, he's, it's strange because I'm sure given what you are into with this, that, 
you know, you've had the whole nature versus nurture debate. Uh And so I was raised by people who had a strong work ethic, who, you know, wanted to make life better, who wanted their kids to live a better life than they did. So was my brother. His biological family are happy collecting from the system, comfortable being in jail, comfortable having the police at their house. My brother is like them. He has turned out, not a criminal, he's never been to jail, but happy, you know, just breeding and living off the system. So, you know, that part of me says, okay, nature took over. Mm -hmm. But then I tended to be like my stepdad. You know, I've always, I've never worked only one job. I've always had more than one job. I've worked hard. I've got the dream home. So there's the nurture. So who won? It's split right down the middle. You don't know your bio dad. Um, no, I don't. I know, like, I know the age, race, and that he, you know, we live near a military town. So I know that he was a soldier okay. and he was 18 years old and the bio mom was 16. And that's all I know. Well, the reason I said that is because you could have gotten some of that from that's true. Your, your, yeah, your bio parents. Yeah. Yep. It's funny. I've got um, two sisters. And my older sister had a different dad, but back in the day, it wasn't where people had the step family thing. So my dad adopted her. So there were three of us. We're five years apart. You would never know that we grew up in the same household. Oh, really? We are so different. Wow. I mean, it's it's astonishing. We're just so different. My little sister is one of these that she doesn't worry about having money to fix the tire. Well, number one, because my dad will pay to have it fixed, but she's, she's not worried about material things is what she says, but that's because she doesn't have to work for anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Um, we joke that whether my dad was really my dad for years. Oh, really? Yeah. My dad would always say that, um, the neighbor was my dad. And so when the neighbor died, he called me and he said, your daddy died. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, I better go say my condolences." You know, I mean, he always said that. And after my mom died, he asked me one time if I would take a paternity test, really? and I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Shoot, yeah, I might have a rich daddy out here somewhere." <laughs> <laughs> I take it it came back that he's your dad. He decided he didn't want to know. Is what he oh, decided. God. But then my Aww. son, years later, my son decided to do the Ancestry DNA. His dad got it for him yeah. for Christmas or something, and they did it together. And it came back that my son and my dad are related. So I said, well, oh, look, yep, yep, looks like I'm yours. Sorry. That settled it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's funny you were talking about the your brother that there was his mom had him, gave him up for adoption, and then kept two other kids after that. Yes, and no idea why. See, from my understanding, things were different back in the day. My dad had two brothers and two sisters. Mm -hmm. And apparently, the next to the oldest, I think it was, went to live with um, like an aunt, like my granny's Mm -hmm. sister, because my granny had too many kids, couldn't take care of all of them. So she was helping her out kind of thing. Right. So, So she took off to California with this kid, and my granny never saw him again. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, you know, there's always this um, 
the skeletons in the closet of the family or whatever. But we always wondered why she gave that kid to the aunt instead of the other kid, the oldest kid or right. the youngest or, you, you know, why that one? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it was something that was never talked about. Yeah, yeah. see, and that's the thing. It was never talked about. No, you didn't air your dirty laundry back then. Oh, no, nope. Well, that's the thing. I So my biological father was black and my biological mother was white. Just another more reason that in the 70s, I was given up for adoption. Um, you know, my mom was a child of the 40s. So the first time she took me to the pediatrician, he said, well, you know, your daughter's black. You're going to have to, you know, deal with the hair and the skin. And she goes, she is not black. <laughs> and she, to, I mean, if I spoke to her today, she would vehemently deny that I had any black heritage just because in North country, you don't, it was, you know, so frowned upon. Do you have the pretty olive skin? I have got, well, now I'm a lot lighter because I'm all, always inside. I've got olive skin, blue eyes, extremely curly hair, but not kinky. So I look more Mediterranean, and then my oldest son is very, very, very dark um, and very coarse, thick, dark hair, and the youngest one is pale as a piece of paper and very, very, very curly hair. He's standing here. He goes, I am not. <laughs> that is so he goes, funny. I am almost tan. <laughs> my um, son and actually the stepkids, they would tell everybody at the school that I was mixed because oh, really? yeah, because I've got olive skin and brown eyes and black hair and my hair's kind of um I call it my afro, my white afro. It's naturally yep. curly, but you know, with the humidity here it kind of frizzes out a little bit or a good bit. Right. And so they, they were telling everybody that I was mixed, which I mean I don't have a problem with. I'm sure I am at some point in the line. Right, and somewhere. Um, yeah, but it's funny. I had my son at the grocery store one day when he was a baby, and he has the whitest skin, the bluest eyes, and he was a towhead. You know what a towhead is? Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like white hair. Uh, yep. He was still in the little infant carrier at this point, and I had him in the buggy. And this man said, man, his daddy sure must have some blonde hair. And I looked at him. I said, I don't know who his daddy is. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, he could have been adopted. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because he looks nothing like me at all. I mean, even all his friends oh, wow. at school, they're like, man, did your mom adopt you? And he's like, no. And they're oh. like, well, we don't get it. Why does she look her way and you look your way? Because we're complete opposite. It's like day and night. Yep. Yeah, that's how it works sometimes. My my husband, he's, I don't know, he's. European of some sort, but he's, it's weird because he's got brown skin in the summer. He's really brown, but like green eyes and light brown hair. And my stepson's mom was, you know, this tiny, tiny little blonde woman and, or I'm sorry, brown haired woman. And he came out, he's a towhead. He has got the brightest blue eyes and the whitest hair. When I first met him, I'm like, uh, is he an albino? I thought he was in Ohio. He was so white. Mm -hmm. To get back on the step-parent thing, do you yeah. think your relationship with your stepson has gotten better over the years since you have stepped back from parenting to the point where you know if he was really in trouble or needed something that he could come to you? He knows that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, he... Oh, yes, he can. Um, yeah, I think that if like the chips were down, 
he'd probably call me first. Yeah. Because um, he knows I'm the action taker. I'm the doer. You know, not knocking bad at all, but he knows where his dad's strengths are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that if, yeah, I think that if he were in real trouble and he needed me, he would call me. Yeah. And that's good. David's kids call me sometimes and David will be like, who are you talking to? I'll be like, your son. He's like, well, great. Your they don't kids. ever call me. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, you know, like I said, I've got a good relationship with his older son now. I'm hoping that his daughter will come around. Um, and this one, I think it's just 14 and angry, you know, and he's got every single right to be. But like the other day, we we were sitting, it was a Saturday, we were here, and he had spent the night at a friend's house. And the next morning, the very strict mother of the friend came walking through the door with the two boys, and they had gotten caught sneaking out. And so then Sunday, you know, he's had all his one prongs taken away. He's probably grounded, but dad hasn't told him. Um, mm-hmm. And Sunday, we're heading out, going on a little excursion, and there was a little fender bender, so stepson and I are by ourselves in the truck and I asked if he knew how long his friend was grounded for he goes probably a month I go how long do you think you should be grounded for he goes I should be grounded for the exact same amount of time we did the exact same thing wow yeah and I said well I said it's going to be up to you to decide what happens he goes I know my dad won't do anything he goes he won't punish me at all I go you're absolutely right I said but you need to determine how your life is going to go whether you want to take the right path or the left path. And, you know, he and I haven't had the opportunity to sit and talk like that in a long time. I think the very angry mom coming over, he was mm-hmm. scared. And I think he needed a quote unquote mom figure. Mm-hmm. And nope, I'm not his mom, but I'll be his friend. Right. And isn't it interesting that he himself said his dad wouldn't do anything? Oh, yeah. He knows. You know, a lot of times in the Nacho group, we'll see people that are worried about not joining because they'll say, well, then the kid wins or the kid knows that I won't do anything. So they'll take advantage of that. But I don't really see that happening a lot. Um, Yeah, they may test it in the beginning to say, oh, let me see if she's really going to not tell me what to do or if she's really stepped back kind of thing. But for for the most part, it really helps to build that bond with the step parent and the bio kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and the step kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's fine with this. I'm fine with it. It it is making everything better between he and I because he knows that I'm not in the position and he's not taking advantage of it, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, But he knows that, you know, I'm here if he needs, you know, he's, you know, 14 still. So it's not always the, you're still scared sometimes. So, you know, he, like he'll come and check and see if I'm still in the house if dad's gone or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, so. It, I think that it's going to get better and better with him. I hope so. Well, and I'm sure you said things were a little bit harder with your husband because of you stepping back. But has your relationship with your husband improved because you're not complaining about his kids so much? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it was a fight probably every other day and a fight, you know, screaming and accusations and hurt feelings and it's not anymore because we. I'm not going to fight him about it. It's he's his son. He can do how he wants. You know, if, if I don't think it's appropriate for him to be out until eight at night, that's not my business. I don't say anything about it. You know, if he's in danger, then I'm going to step in, obviously. Oh, yeah. But there's no argument. There's because there's nothing to argue about anymore. It's freeing, isn't it? 
very. It is, and that's the thing, like sometimes I'm, it is hard sometimes to let go and not feel like you want to, oh, like I'm a type A. Mm-hmm. I like to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms are. Um, so it's, you know, when I see the sneakers after sneakers after sneakers after getting caught sneaking out of a house, mm-hmm. I bite my tongue because it's not my place to say any different. Right. And again, I think the kid is going to turn out fine. I think that he is going to choose the right path. I mean, he's so smart. He's so smart. He's, he's always been a straight A student and, you know, we've talked about college and stuff like that. So I think that he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to be fine because I'm just not going to fight about it anymore. Yeah. There's no use. Nope. No. It's the, the only thing it accomplishes is hurt feelings and anger. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree on parenting styles, you're, there's not going to be any winning. Right. If you try and force your hand. Like, I'm extremely strict. Very strict. I, I look at everything my kids do just because the law enforcement background, I know how much horrifying things are out there. So, you know, the 11 year old has an iPad. I look at it every single day mm-hmm. and he doesn't with his kid. That's okay. Now it didn't used to be. I was going through it every single day. Mm-hmm. And you were pointing out what his kid was doing wrong. And then he was getting mad because you were pointing out what his kid was doing wrong. Mad and upset. And he would feel like I was blaming him and calling him a failure. Cause I'm pointing out, things that his son is doing, Uh but there's not that anymore. There's nothing to fight about. I'm going to have to take a poll in the Nacho Kids group. I wonder if those of us that have had to Nacho are more of the type A, because type B people probably wouldn't have as many issues with it, right? Right, because you're not trying to force your will. Right. I'm going to do a poll. Like, when I was on shift, Dispatch called me Sarge, and I'm not a, I wasn't a sergeant, I was a patrolman, but like I would be the one to make the decisions. I would be the one to tell people when to go, where to go. go you go talk to that person, you go talk to that person. And in an interview, you know, they do um, reviews, and my supervisor called me Bossy. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, you can call me Bossy, but I'm the one that's there at the call making the decisions while you're sitting here at the building. You can call it bossy, but I'm going to call it authoritative. <laughs> there you go. And that's the thing. I am just really a take charge person. And my husband is the exact opposite. And we have for years clashed about that, specifically with the kids. And if I don't fight it, it's not, there's no fight. Right. So I can, you know, I'll just suck it up and step it back. Well, I don't know about you, but with me being that kind of take charge person, for me to step back was very difficult. And at first, I thought it was almost like um, trying to change who I was or almost disempowering myself. But then I realized that, wait a minute, for me to be able to sit back and not say anything, when that's the best situation for me to not say anything or the best solution for me to not say anything, that is empowering in itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And it's, you know... An A person never wants to feel like they're failing or giving up. Mm-hmm. And that was hard at first, you know, I was like, I didn't succeed. I didn't do this. I wasn't the perfect stepmom. And now it's like, they'll be fine. We made it. Mm-hmm. They'll make it too. Yep. Well, I want to ask you one more thing before we start wrapping up. Yeah. My son, 23. Yes. He moved. You said he moved back in. Yes. 
How does your husband feel about that? Because I know um, you see it in the group too, where people are like, I can't wait for my kid to step kid to move out. Or, oh my gosh, the step kid is 18 years old in four days and they have not left yet. Right. Um, so how did he feel about him coming back? Are there rules? Is he supposed to contribute? Is he there for a specific time frame? Well, I mean, just like with all the kids, there's no rules from um, him. Um, I've placed the rules. It's usually fine. It's usually great um, until something comes up with the stepson and then his name gets thrown into the ring. But yes, he has to contribute. Um, he is an eating machine. Nothing's changed. So, you know, he pays a dollar amount in rent. He's, you know, he, he left when he was 17 years old and he was gone for five years. So I'm sort of, I'm probably babying him a little, but I'm sort of treating him as, as if he were the 17 year old that's going to the college for the first time, except he has money coming in. So he does have to pay us rent. And, you know, when we're out of milk or orange juice, you go to the store, get milk and orange juice. And he does. No mm-hmm. fight, no questions asked. So that's, you know, to me, it's sort of like he's not even here because he's a computer nerd. So he spends a lot of his time downstairs streaming. He's, I mean, like I said, greenhouse, so it's pretty big. So he's got like a finished basement to himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, one of his jobs, he does computer work for other people. So he is really almost never up here, but you know, he'll, uh, the little one is chiming in. He only comes up to see out of the dog to see me or to eat, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's good because, you know, we're, our kids are older now and we're a little older now and it's nice that he's here. When the kids are here, we can go out to dinner for longer and, you know, be by ourselves because even though he's down there, there's still an adult here in the house. So right. that's been great. So has your husband said, okay, he can move back, but I want him gone by the time he's 24 nope. or anything like that? Nope. Nothing like nope. that. And I don't, I don't think he would. I mean, obviously, I think I would have more of a problem with it than him, honestly, because he's, like I said, he is not the type A personality. He is super laid back. It's just kind of whatever for all situations. Mm-hmm. And usually for him too, it's whatever. I don't care. Do what you want. I think that I'll be more of a hard nose about it and be like, all right, your time's up. Get the hell out. Bye bye. Yeah. Now, do you hope that his kid moves out when he's 18 or you're just like, well, I mean, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to lie. A few, well, probably a year ago when things were, I think, at their worst, I put a countdown clock on my phone. <laughs> now I don't even look at it anymore. But, and I, I did used to want that, but now I'm like, he's, you know, I think that he's still going to be very young and very hurt. So, you know, if mm-hmm. he goes away to college, his room is still going to be there. Nothing's going to change. It's funny you mentioned the countdown clock. Um, I mentioned that the other day in a recording. And I said, yeah, a lot of people have that countdown clock. You would think it's for child support. But no, it's because they think that the stepkid is just going to disappear at 18. Exactly. And it's not. And then that's the thing. I wouldn't want mine to think that he has to leave at 18. I mean, I want him to know they can Mm -hmm. go at 18, but not that he has to. So, you know, what rule applies for mine, you know, the same rule applies for his. Yeah. Uh, David and I never really discussed when we thought that the kids would have to be out by. Um, But I remember we talked to the kids and we said, you know, what age do you think that you should move out? And one of them said, at least by 23. 
And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that sounds good. And, but of course, in my head, I was hoping at 18. But that yeah. was when, when things were so bad. And then once I started reengaging with them and we started building those relationships, I didn't want them to go. And then yeah. when they left, it's like I missed them more than I could have ever imagined. Yep. And I know somebody in the depths or the throes of struggles right now is thinking, I can't ever see that happening. I'm telling you, if you nacho right and oh, you, yeah. you know, re-engage right, you will be surprised at how you will miss these kids one day. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly where I am right now. Yeah. And my little boy is 14. He'll be 15 in March. And I don't ever want him to move out. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. <laughs> I've told my little one that he needs to stay forever. Yeah. Well, be careful because um, I think we will. mentioned this, but my sister is still living with my dad and she's married. And Oh, um, boy. She's, yeah, 40 years old. Oh, God. No. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even imagine that. I was gone at 18. I was like, nope, this is not for me. Bye. Well, she told them when she was little because they kept babying her because she was the baby. She's the mm-hmm. last one. And she said, don't worry, Mom and Daddy, I will never leave you. Well, she did not lie. <laughs> she told them the truth about that. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. The only way my daddy's going to get rid of her is when he dies. Oh, God. Poor man. <laughs> yeah, but if you call him, he's dying every day. So he's getting there oh. at some point. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get a break from her then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Every time I call him, I'll say, what are you doing? I'm dying. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, the wonderful dad that didn't want to claim me as his father or, or as, as his daughter, you know. What's up with that? And I'm the right? best one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so very much for being a guest on our podcast. And Absolutely. it has been great talking to you. Thank you. And you too. I'm... Um, I'm proud of you for not giving up. And don't give up. If you that thought pops in your head, you slap it right back out. I sure will. I'll remember those words. Yeah, you have come too far. You know you have. You've come yeah. through the hard part, girl. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's just hard to remember that, but I know. Yep. Well, you just message me if you think, hey, I need to leave. I'll be like, no, you don't. You need to <laughs> rethink. Quit having those negative thoughts. Yeah, I will. So, yeah, hit them like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> exactly. I like that. You're going to picture it in your head, whack-a-mole, next time you think something like that. I will, yeah. Yep, and thank you again, and tell your son thanks for his help. I will, so have a good night. You too, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well. Wasn't that fun? Always. I really enjoy doing these podcasts. I'm glad you do, because they take up a lot of time and energy. (laughs) (laughs) David, you make it sound like it's something you don't enjoy doing. I do enjoy doing it. It's a lot of work, though. I don't think people realize how much work goes into these things you know because they just click on it every friday and they get it's free content delivered to them and they don't realize all the work and time cost and money cost that goes into producing a free show okay anyway david (laughs) what that didn't sound good y'all put a dime in your cd player (laughs) for david (laughs) we we need to create a donate button for the podcast (laughs) a donate button on the podcast yeah I mean, you know, if you want to help offset the cost of the podcast and you appreciate everything that goes into it, then you could donate. Y'all can tell it's getting close to Christmas, David, freaking out about money. Donate and then... Stop, David, stop. Then we could send... We do this for the love of people. But we could send gifts to the the people who come on the show. Well, we can send them something now. (laughs) (laughs) So we could do like... 
you know, send them a $25 gift card. Or How something much do you like think that. people are going to donate to listen to me and you talk to each other? Apparently nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So where's this $25 gift card okay, going to well, come every week? Then if you can't, 25 times 52 is what? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I it's see, like 1250 bucks would be 25 times 50, right? I don't know. If it's more I, than two on. times I'm 25. I'm use my calculator. <laughs> 25 times 52. 1300 bucks. Look how close I was. Mm-hmm. I just had to add my two extra 1300 weeks. bucks a year? Yeah. Okay. So that's what we need. All right, podcast listeners, we need 1300 <laughs> bucks so we can give gift cards to our guests. <laughs> <laughs> that are helping you help you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are helping you, helping us help you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think Nicole is the first um, stepmom that we've had that the bio mom has died. Mm, maybe so. We have had where the bio mom's not really in the picture, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've had one where the bio mom passed away. And as we have discovered, that doesn't make as big of a difference as you think it does. Right. Just because bio mom is not in the picture at all, she may live in Timbuktu. Or she may be buried six feet under. It don't matter. She's still those stepkids' mama. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. And they still have an attachment to that. And I almost think it would make it worse if the mom's dead. Because then you've got a child grieving for a parent they don't have. And then they've got this woman coming in trying to play substitute mom. That's hard to say whether or not that's worse. Because some of these... Bio moms poison the kids so badly. That's true. But then also depends on the age of the kids. Oh, yeah. And the interaction they had with bio mom prior. You know, if she lived in Timbuktu for 10 years and only saw the kids, you know, on FaceTime once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every dynamic is different. Yeah. But it does make me feel bad for the little kiddos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because that's sad. And I do want to make sure to repeat something that she brought up. That when she started nachoing, stepson started getting along with everyone better. Mm-hmm. Everyone, not just her, everyone. And you know why? Drum roll, please. <laughs> because it reduces the blended stress. Yep. You know, it's funny when somebody uh, puts something like in Facebook where they say, you know, I'm afraid to nacho because I think it might destroy my relationship with my significant other or with my stepkids or whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, they say that a lot of times about the significant other because the significant other doesn't want to parent. And Oh, Lord, don't we see that? Then they get stressed because they're having to do the parenting and they think that the stepmom you know, hates their kids or that's the crap they come up with because they don't want to parent. Mm-hmm. I saw one today that said that, the three-year-old had a diaper that needed to be changed, and the, and the dad didn't want to get out of bed to do it. And stepmom said, you know, pretty much, your kid, you need to go do it. And he flipped out. Oh, but wait a minute. She's the one that had potty trained that kid, and then the bio mom didn't reinforce that. Is that what it is? Yeah, didn't keep the kid potty trained. I think that's nuts. Not on the stepmom's part. I think it's nuts that the bio parent wants to lay in the bed and expects the step-parent to get up and change the diaper. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. Expects. I'm telling you, these men wouldn't want me to have a conversation with them because 
Well, uh, <laughs> I do know somebody that said that their husband listened to the men's only video mm-hmm. and they got mad at you. They should. Yeah. No, they're not getting mad at me. They're getting mad at them. They're getting mad at me. They're mad at themselves. They're taking it out on me because. Oh, she was clear that he was mad at you. That's fine. <laughs> Look, his inability to be a parent Uh-oh. has nothing to do with me. And if he wants to be mad at me, that's fine. But uh-huh. step up, buttercup, or shut up. <laughs> David. Okay. We got David riled up. Look, I get sick and tired of seeing people that don't take their own responsibilities and hold themselves accountable to making sure those responsibilities get done. Period. Don't care who you are, male, female, doesn't matter to me. You can get mad at me because I'm trying to tell you how to make things better, and then you want to huff and puff about it. Well, good luck. That ain't going to work out too well for you. That's like if I go to the gym and I'm like, oh, I'm mad at you because you told me I got to lift weight. Well, what do, what do you expect? How are you going to have progress if you're not doing what somebody's asking you to do, even when it's tough, even when it's hard, even when it's not comfortable and it don't feel good? That's progress. That's what it takes. <laughs> there we go. Get me started. <laughs> Y'all, there's very few things that get David riled up. That's one of them. The Facebook group is another one. Yeah, because I have, what is that you say? (laughs) I just don't have tolerance for people who complain about their situation and won't do anything about it. Even when somebody is trying to help them, they do nothing but complain. Or I guess in in this case, they get mad at me. (laughs) Or they want to argue. And the funny thing about it is, this person watched this video and they're mad at me. I wasn't talking to them specifically. So it's their guilty conscience. So, exactly. Exactly. How is it that they took a video that I made for the masses and they're mad at me because of it? Yeah. Same reason I get mad at them Weight Watchers commercials. <laughs> but you hit it. <laughs> While I'm eating my right, pecan pie. Yeah. But you hit it right on the head. It's a guilty conscience that makes them mad. And they're not mad at me. They might think they're mad at me. Oh, no. They're mad at the man in the mirror. <laughs> Y'all know that song. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, we should have a bring your men to a, a David's stepdad boot camp, bio dad boot camp or whatever. I'm telling you, man, these men wouldn't like it. They would not like it because this crap, uh, I'm going to lay up in the bed and let my step uh, parent <laughs> Help my three-year-old get a diaper change because I don't want to get out of bed. Now, wait a minute. What if the bio parent worked third shift? I don't care. <laughs> Look, if she wants to do that, if she wants to help him, then then have Well, no, it. she didn't want to because she had done potty trained the kid, exactly. but nobody helped her keep the kid that's, potty trained. That's my point. If she wants to help him, then by all means, help him. But if she's like, dude, this is not my responsibility and it's ridiculous that I should be doing this. You know what? I agree. That's your kid. You should be taking care of them. And the yeah. same thing for her. If she's got kids, then you should be taking care of yours. Don't don't be looking to uh, your significant other to do that stuff for you. Now, if they want to do it, then it absolutely is great. If, or, you're get, if you get to that point, that's fine. Or if dude had the flu and it was a rare circumstance. Right. You know, it's just when there's... When there's give and take in the relationship, then it works, right? Like if I'm doing things for you, you're going to want to do things for me and everything just works out. But if it's just 
you know, take, take, take. Right. It's it's always what can I take from you, and I'm not giving anything in return. Didn't I'm giving you the opportunity to change my kid's diaper. Right. Right. So no. So you can be a contributing person <laughs> in this household. So that's just my feelings, and if if somebody wants to go out and try to do it a different way, um, more power to you. But you know, you're not going to look at me and get any sympathy. I want y'all to notice something. Here we are in December. Notice David's attitude, how it changes the month of December. Why is that? He's not a Grinch, but he surely is not a jolly, happy soul. This has nothing to do with December. It does. This happened. This has to do with you saying somebody watched <laughs> my video and was mad at me because I, I told them what they didn't want to hear. Am I pushing your buttons? No. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. No, I'm just making sure that if he's listening... If you listening, dude. Whoever you are. You know me. I don't know you. Step up. <laughs> Meet me at the bread box at 315. <laughs> come, come out of the shadows. Let's have a let's have a conversation. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. But seriously, if you if you're listening and you have a problem with what I said, let's have a conversation about it. Because maybe we can learn from each other. Or maybe you can just learn from me. Oh but my still, gosh. We can have a conversation because Look, I've been there. I've I've <laughs> I've done it wrong. <laughs> I have fought the good fight. <laughs> I have finished the race. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> um, I'm gonna go unplug David's mic. So uh y'all have a good Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. See you next time. I might be by myself. <laughs> Peace out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.